Hey, welcome back to Crimes and Closets. This is Beth in my closet in North Carolina. And this is Christy in my closet in St. Louis. Happy Monday. <laughs> Happy Monday. <laughs> yes, we're actually recording Sunday night. I know, like this is dropping tomorrow. So this is yeah. very, real, real, real recent. Recording. We've been all over the country. Me and Christy. And so mm-hmm. we're so happy to be back. We are back on our regular scheduled program. We're not going to take breaks anymore, guys. We're here. So yes. if you guys stuck with us for the month of July, you are thebomb.com. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Yes. Thanks for dealing with the non-episode week and the odd episode week. <laughs> yeah. Which was fun. And congrats to the people who won the book and the waterproof cards. That was really oh, fun. Right. Yes. It was so fun to give those things away. So we hope everyone at least got a little taste of what we do over on the Patreon, which is really, really fun. Yes, it is. It's a lot of fun. But now we're back. Here we are. Yes. Welcome in. Welcome. You want to tell the people where you've been? Yeah. So I actually ran my half marathon last Sunday, a she week ago. It. She crushed it. I didn't crush it. I crushed the first half of it. And then because I crushed the first half of it, I bombed the second half of it. She looked so pretty though, guys. I got like four (laughs) pictures from our friend Kelly and she was the prettiest runner out there. (laughs) I I loved it. It's true. (laughs) You did. It was so cute. It was a lot of fun. Corey stayed with me the whole time, which was super nice of her because I think she probably could have like taken off at any moment. Um, but yeah, towards the end, it was hard, but we made it, we finished it and it's over and I'm free, free at last. And then <laughs> we did wineries and then I went to Southern California and met my family for another trip. And we happened to hit up Disney, which is not our favorite place to go because no. where is Disney anyway? Well, it's in Anaheim. So like so you LA. Guys were right in now. LA, right? Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We were yeah. in Huntington beach, which is about like 45 minutes, like South of LA. Okay. But anyway, so we went to Disney. We didn't go to Disneyland. We went to Disney's California Adventure Park. Oh, okay. Which is just another Disney park. You know, Disney has several parks in Orlando too. Oh. But we went to this one because it had Marvel stuff. Oh, fun. Okay. Yes. Um, so we went on a few rides. We paid for like the Genie Pass, which is now that like fast lane pass thing. Okay. And um, so we could just get in and get on rides and whatever, which was fun. And then um we went on Soren, which for those of you who do go to Disney, probably know that ride, but basically you get in like rows and then like there's rows of people and then it lifts you up and there's this big, like roundish kind of screen and you're like flying through the air, but the screen is really what's making you feel like you're flying. Okay. Like your, your, your carriage thing moves and sound and smells come out. So like if you're over the African safari, you smell elephants or whatever, you know, and you okay. dip down and fly <laughs> over water and then they get you to make it look like you're going to like get your feet wet. And then it's a whale like a 4D out. experience. Yes, exactly what it is. And it's like one of my favorite rides. It's just so neat. Well, anyways, halfway until. through, until <laughs> halfway through when the sound stops first and we're like, and everyone's like, oh, because there's like always music or something going on. And then the the TV, well, the TV, it's like a TV just goes and just shuts down. And then we stop moving and we're like, 
Okay. And you're just hanging, like your feet are just dangling there. Like, oh my God. Even the highest ones. It's still not super high, but we're still the highest ones there. Disney lost Wi Fi. They, for like, we were in there for 40 minutes. Yeah. Oh, just God. like hanging out. And at first it was all fine. We were joking about it. We were playing around, whatever. And it was all good. I was nervous because I'm like those th- person gets like weird tingly legs when like someone's leaning over an edge and is holding their cell phone. And I'm like, oh my God, they're going to drop it. Or yeah, they're going to fall over. Like my legs just go like kind of numb and tingly. So that was happening nonstop because the kids were like, oh, look, mom, I'm looking over here. I'm like, stop it. Stop. Yeah. Wait, <laughs> so are you like buckled in? Like yes, strapped? Just a like buckle. you can't move. No, you can move because it's just like a seatbelt oh, around your okay. waist. So it's not that, like the thing over your shoulders no. and like clicks in between your legs. Okay, no, because it's not like crazy like that. Like you're literally okay. just kind of like going like swaying uh, in a way. Okay. Um, but, and it has a button to release the thing. Well, thankfully, while you're up there, you cannot push the button to release it because the kids joke several times that they're going to off. And I was like, I'm going to cuss you I totally would have joked about that and been like, I'm, I'm breaking out of this. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, it was all fine. All just fine. Except then they get us down, which is like 30 minutes in, but then our seatbelts won't come off. And so we can't get out of the ride. And all of a sudden my littlest is like, I have to go to the bathroom. And I thought he was yeah. kidding because he had gone to the bathroom just before we got on the ride. I'm like, you okay. just went, blah, 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 you're just messing with me. Nope was not messing with me because then we're still in there like 10 ish minutes or so. And he, at the end is literally the workers are like walking back and forth in front of us. Cause now we're like down to their level. And he's like, you're stupid. Let me out. <laughs> Let me out. This, this ride is trash. You're oh, trash. <laughs> he's yelling at them. Cause he's got to go so bad. And he's like, I can't hold it. I can't hold it. Oh. And so then, and they're like, stay calm, please stay calm, please. And the guys behind us were like, the kid in front of us is not calm. He's not doing well. <laughs> anyway, I've never seen that kid. I mean, that kid runs fast. You've never seen that kid run faster when they finally got his belt off and he didn't even wait. He was like gone because he knew where the bathroom was. <laughs> oh my gosh. Shocked he made it. He was like in tear level, like about like he was crying because it was that, you know, that much of an emergency. Oh <laughs> Yeah. We've all been there. Yeah. So anyway. No, I take that back. I've never been stuck on a Disney ride and had to pee that bad. I've had to pee that bad, but I've never been stuck on a Disney ride. (laughs) Buddy. I feel like I was just getting ready to say, I feel like I would have just left. (laughs) They they compensated us with all each three fast lane passes each or lightning lane passes each, which we cannot use because, well, first of all, we'd already paid for it. And second of all, we were like, nobody wants to go on another ride now. (laughs) So we out. It's Disney. Bye. So anyway, so that was my Man. week. How about you? That's a good one. My mine was less eventful. I went to Virginia Beach. I dropped my kids off at my mom's for the week. And then my husband and I went to Virginia Beach. We saw Chris Stapleton. Oh, right. Yay. It was really good. Super good. We had really great seats and um he did a great job. So I, you don't know Chris Stapleton because he's country and it's like. I mean, I know him and I know I know songs of his, but I don't listen to him regularly, no. Right. Okay. So mm-hmm. he, his wife sings with him. Like she's okay. in his band. Oh, okay. And so she sings everything with him. She is there beside him the entire okay. time. He's like one of the only ones that like has a person that's like 
his backup singer, but right. she stands beside him the whole time. And he literally looks at her the whole time. And like oh, all of the so songs sweet. he sings, and she's like a great singer. She's such a good performer. She's beautiful. And they're so sweet. I just love him. Like if he That's ever awesome. does anything shady, I'm going to be so mad because he is like oh. the one celebrity person that I'm like, you are wholesome. Mm. You are like, it's like him and Taylor and Dolly. Yeah. Like, yes, yeah, I have a few people like that for myself that I'd be like, oh my gosh, if everything yeah. if ever came out, I'd be really like de- devastated. 100%. Exactly. I would be devastated. Like he's just such a good man great husband he looks at her lovingly the whole entire mm-hmm. like I'm like elbowing my husband like look at me like that <laughs> you hear he these does words? you hear these words look at me he does you're right <laughs> I think that's part of the reason why he likes him too right yeah that's true because he's just like such a good guy anyway it was a great concert we had so much good. fun I wore my cowboy boots walked a mile oh. and a half it's awesome oh yay yeah we were at the beach it was super fun that was fun Oh, good. I'm glad you had a good trip. Yeah. No one had to pee in an emergency situation. Mm-hmm. I hope it never happens again. Trust me. Yeah. <laughs> Same. Um, okay. So we're so glad to be back with you guys for um, the next forevers. And Perfect. we appreciate all the Mondays that you guys have stuck with us, especially this one. But I have a case. I think I'm ready. Let's get into Marjar. Okay, this case comes to us from one of my very favorite people to ever be in my orbit, my bestie. Well, you also, but this is my other bestie, Wanda. Did you hear me? I was like getting all defensive, like, well, I know it's not for me. (laughs) Jelly belly. (laughs) You love Wanda. Come on. I know. I'm just kidding. (laughs) No. So Wanda is like, she's a good friend of mine. We've been friends for years and years, but she's a very recent listener to the podcast, like just in the last few months. And I think that we have created a true crime podcast loving lady. Wow. Wow. <laughs> she, her daughter has listened to a couple episodes now as well. And she's like, she's a big fan. It's the cutest. So Aww, she, yeah, welcome in Wanda to true crime. <laughs> um, so she has branched out as you know how it is mm-hmm. when you first discover that you like true crime mm-hmm. and she's watching YouTube shorts and she's all the things. And so she sent me this case that she saw and was like, this is crazy. Okay. And it is. So for today's case, we are heading to New England to the lovely state of New Hampshire. Okay. It wasn't the one you can't say. Good. Nope. (laughs) Thank goodness. I don't like to go there. (laughs) Bad things happen there, first of all. Anyway, so New Hampshire. I don't know very much about New Hampshire. Never been to New Hampshire. It's not really on my radar. It seems beautiful. Yeah. The part I saw is pretty. My uh, friend of mine from college has a um, an egg farm there. An egg farm? Yeah. He's an far- egg farmer. So chickens? Mm-hmm. Why do you call it an egg farm? <laughs> is that what it's really called when you have chickens? Taylor Egg Farm. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to look this up later if that's what they're actually <laughs> called because I'm like, are they just called chicken houses? Anyway. Okay. So. Okay. Sorry. Sorry. 
threw it's up. Called- <laughs> I am thrown. Yes, a little bit. Um, so there's lots of mountains. It's known as like you, the U.S. is Switzerland because I guess the landscape is very uh, similar to Switzerland, mm-hmm. very mountainous and pretty and lots of peaks. And um, they also – it's the granite state because they have a lot of granite quarries there. So okay. thank you for my countertops, New Hampshire. Yes. Um, like I said, this case is especially horrendous. I think it's going to be very interesting to get to the end and hear your thoughts and our listeners' thoughts on it because it gets a little twisty. And I don't know. I'm on the fence. So I'm thinking maybe we can talk about it after and okay. f- figure it out. This is the murder of Jonathan Amaralt. Okay. Jonathan L. Amaralt, or John as he was called, was born January 14th, 1995, making him a Capricorn. His parents were Kenneth and Justine Amaralt, and he was an only child. He grew up in Milford, Maine which is a small town with a population of just over 3,000 people, and it's about 30 miles from Boston. Okay. Which I feel like isn't everything like 30 miles from Boston and Maine. I it's mean, basically the entire state is like a suburb, suburb of Boston. <laughs> 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 or on the coast, one or the other. I don't know. Anyway, I'm going to tell you a little bit about this young man like we normally do, but I do want to preface by saying that he is freaking awesome. Like, okay. Awesome dude. So he went to Milford High School where he was captain of the indoor and outdoor track teams and the cross country team. While in high school, he volunteered at the Sue Hegan Boys and Girls Club. I really hope I said that right. Mm-hmm. I did go to howtopronounce.com, but it fails me sometimes. So sorry. I tried. He volunteered at the Boys and Girls Club. He was also a camp counselor there. And as a result of his volunteer work, he was twice awarded the White House Youth Volunteer of the Year Award. Oh. Once by President Bush and once by President Obama. John graduated in 2013 and went on to attend Rochester Institute of Technology in Rochester, New York. Oh, he graduated schools I consider. Really? What were you yeah, going to do there? I had deaf ed. There was two schools. How interesting. Okay. Well, it's too bad you didn't go and meet John. This is way later than your time, but okay. <laughs> All right. So he graduated from there in 2018 with honors with a Bachelor of Science in Biomedical Engineering. You know. Okay. Just, wow. Eh, just biomedical yeah. engineering is all. It's all. With honors. <laughs> From there, he began working for a company called Teleflex in Jaffrey, New Hampshire, as a biomedical manufacturing engineer. Okay, so this company designs, creates, and manufactures various like types of medical equipment and devices, and he was an engineer for them. Okay. John was also a member of the Order of the Engineers which is an organization for people in the engineering profession to support each other and share ideas. I found the fact that that even existed was really interesting. Mm -hmm. Of course, it made me go down a rabbit hole, (laughs) as I do, which I won't bore you with. But I do vote that we start an order of the podcasters because it seems pretty cool. Order of the podcasters. Or something. (laughs) We'll come up with something catchier, catchier than that, but you know. 
So John loved all sports and was a fan of all the New England teams, the Red Sox, the Bruins, the Patriots, the Celtics. His main passion was hiking. Hmm. So this is impressive. He had climbed 66 out of the region's 67 mountains over 4,000 feet. So all of them out, there were 67 mountains in his area over 4,000 feet, and he climbed 66 of them, including all 48 mountains in New Hampshire. And he hiked all but one of the 100 highest peaks in New England. Oh, wow. So he documented his hikes on Facebook and was a big part of the hiking community in his area and would organize them and give, you know, advice and tips and support. At the time of our case, John was 25 years old. He was living in his own home in Keene, New Hampshire, which is just outside Jaffrey where he worked. And he was like slowly fixing up his home. It was an older home and he had redone the kitchen and like this beautiful stove. I saw all this on Facebook. He was very beloved by his friends and coworkers and was very close with his parents. So basically... If my children need a role model of how to successfully do life, I want it Mm -hmm. to be John Mm -hmm. because he was awesome, super smart, very well-liked, a volunteer, an awarded volunteer, close with his parents, like, get it. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. Hey, I'm sorry. Did you say what year it was? Um, I haven't yet. Okay. It's just in my next sentence, actually. Okay. It's 2020, though. Okay. Okay. So here we go. Here comes the the dark part. So sometime in early September of 2020, John became friends with a coworker named Brittany Barron. Mm-hmm. They'd gotten to know each other while working on a project together. Brittany was 31, so she was six years older than him, and she also worked for Teleflex as a machine operator. Brittany was super cute. She was originally from New Mexico, and the two of them became pretty close and developed a friendship that led to a bit of romantic feelings. They would flirt at work, and they texted back and forth and communicated over Snapchat. The problem was Brittany was married and had three kids. Mm, Okay. So Brittany and her husband Armando married as teens and had been together for 14 years. Wow. They lived in a duplex in Jaffrey, New Hampshire. And right, like, you know, a duplex is like one, it's like a one house, but two Mm -hmm. different living spaces. So in the other living space was Armando's mom and stepdad. Hmm. So although coworkers were aware of this relationship, in quotes, between Brittany and John, they kept it a secret for the most part because of Brittany's you know, husband Mm -hmm. situation. Okay. On Monday, September 21st of 2020, John's mom, Justine, got concerned because she hadn't heard from John in several days, which is not like him. Mm -hmm. And he wasn't answering her calls and texts. So she knew that John had plans to go on a hike sometimes, sometime that weekend. And she wanted to make sure that he had gotten home. Okay. Mm -hmm. From his hike. She called his work, but was told that John did not show up or call in which he'd never done before. So she went over to his house and when she went in, everything looked normal and she did find his hiking gear. So she knew that he had made it home from his hike. Or hadn't gone. Or Well, no, he did go because she called the friends that he went on the hike with and they said that he did come and he 
left and everything was fine. Got it. His phone, wallet, and car were not at his house. So Justine, John's mom, called the police and filed a missing persons report. Police immediately began searching for John and talking to friends and family and coworkers, and they learned about John's relationship with Brittany from work. Mm -hmm. They also learned that Brittany was also not at work that day. She had called in that morning and quit. Like, all of a sudden, just called and said, I quit. I'm not coming. So this is very coincidental and odd, especially because Brittany had worked there for six years and they had no issues with her. She always, like, showed up. She always called in. So quitting without notice was not, like, in her character. So police went to Brittany's home. Brittany was not there and neither was her husband. But her mother-in-law, who lives right, you know, next door, she told police that Brittany and Armando were camping and that she was keeping the children for them while they were gone. Hmm. So police are like, okay, well, when are they coming home? And she was like, I mean, anytime. I expect them anytime. So police went back to the home at 10 p.m. that night thinking, well, it's nighttime. They're going to be mm -hmm. home now. So Armando was there, but Brittany was not. So they asked him where his wife was, and he said that he had dropped her off on Saturday. So two days before, it's Monday. He said he dropped her off on Saturday to camp with friends and hadn't seen her since. Oh, so he wasn't camping? No, apparently not. Not like mom said. Mm -hmm. So now the police have two missing people, John and Brittany. Mm-hmm. Police also learned from coworkers that Brittany was unhappy in her marriage and that she had made comments to them about wanting to leave and go back to New Mexico. Her coworkers also reported that they believed Armando was physically abusive to Brittany. Oh. And that he was very controlling. She was not ever allowed to have friends outside of work. She was never allowed to go out with coworkers or do anything separate of Armando. So police were thinking that maybe Brittany and John had run away together. Okay, yeah, because wouldn't it be really weird if he was that controlling that he would drop her off for a camping trip with friends? She wasn't allowed to hang out with anybody outside. She didn't have any friends. I mean, yes, right, it's I'm very just saying, weird. Like, the fact that he's saying that is strange. Totally. Mm -hmm. Police traced Brittany and John's cell phone pings, and they did show that they were near each other the night of September 19th, so that Saturday, in the Joffrey area where Brittany lived. Both of their phones then also traveled to a remote area about 200 miles away in Errol, New Hampshire. Super remote area. Mm -hmm. They stopped getting pings from that area around 7 a.m. on Sunday, September 20th. So now they're headed to Errol to see mm -hmm. if they can find Brittany and John. As they're en route or preparing to, they get a call that Brittany was in police custody. Oh. Okay. So some bear hunters had been setting traps in a wooded area of Errol. That's how wooded it is. People mm -hmm. bear hunt there. Yeah. <laughs> and they noticed that there were people camping nearby. So this is not an area where camping was allowed because it was a hunting area. So, one, it's dangerous because you could get attacked by a bear. Mm -hmm. And two, you could get shot because people are hunting. So these hunters reported the campers to, um, like, the forest 
okay. service or whatever. So New Hampshire Fishing and Game went out to get the campers to like move on. When they got there, they found Brittany in a tent, extremely injured. Oh, no. So she had bruises all over her face and neck. And they asked her what she was doing out there. And she said that she was trying to clear her head after a fight with girlfriends. But the fishing and game men were suspicious and they started looking around. And they noticed that there was a car that was covered up by a tarp. So when they lifted the tarp and looked in the car, they saw blood on the bumper of the car. They also saw drag marks on the ground leading away from the car that looked like something or someone had been dragged away from the car. So they followed the drag marks to a nearby like water source. It's like a stream or a creek. And they found what looked like a person wrapped in another tarp. Oh, no. So then Brittany said, quote, I'm in a lot of trouble. They immediately called the police who came out to investigate. In the tarp, police found the body of a decapitated male. So the body had a lot of bruising and both wrists were slit. And the head's not in sight? Not in sight, correct. Mm -hmm. He had two gunshot wounds to his chest. So police start looking around. They found two handguns, one of which had three bullets missing, a knife, a saw, a machete, and clothing, all with blood on them. The car under the tarp was registered to John Amaralt. So police, with the help of Brittany, located John's head buried nearby. Oh, my goodness. There was a shoe print on John's cheek, and he had a lot of bruising and facial injuries, and there was also another gunshot wound to his head. Hmm. So two in his chest, one in the head. Why did they have to take his head off? They didn't, but but I can tell you why it happened. <laughs> okay. So Brittany, who, like I said, was really badly injured, was taken for medical treatment. She had strangulation marks, two black eyes, bleeding to one of her eyes, a broken nose, chipped teeth, an injured jaw, and multiple defensive wounds. My goodness. Her mugshot is public and girl is beat up. Oh, man. Like she, it's crazy looking. I'll post it. Brittany waived her Miranda rights and immediately began cooperating and talking to police. She told police what literal horrors she had experienced over the last few days at the hands of her husband, Armando. Oh, my. So Brittany told police that on Saturday, September 19th, Armando had gone through her phone and discovered that she had been talking to her coworker, John. Armando was furious and began beating her for hours, even in front of their daughters. Oh, how sad. Eventually, Armando took the kids to his mom's and used Brittany's phone to text John. So pretending to be Brittany, he asked John to meet him at a park near the state line. John agreed, and Armando forced Brittany into their car and drove to the park. Mm Mm-hmm. 
So the whole time they were driving, he was texting John from Brittany's phone. And every time John would reply, he would hit her. Mm -hmm. It's like he's beating her on the way there too. Once there, Armando got out of the car and left Brittany in it. He then hid behind the car with a gun and a machete. John pulled up and as he walked up to the car, he saw Brittany and she's beaten badly beaten and so he kind of stops like what is going on and armando jumped jumped him like jumped out from behind the car and began beating him and hitting him with the gun and the machete so john is totally caught off guard and he was already on the ground before he even realized what was going on so it's like you know he's already right doesn't have a leg up yeah Armando forced Brittany out of the car at gunpoint and made her stand on John's neck while he beat him and kicked him. So that's why he had that shoe print Mm. on his cheek. She said that she tried not to put too much pressure on his neck so he could still breathe, but she was also trying to not get killed. Right. She was then forced at gunpoint to cut John's wrist Again, she did as she was told, but she said she was careful not to cut too deep because she was not trying to kill this man. Armando then forced the gun into Brittany's hands and tried to make her shoot John, but she absolutely refused. Mm. So she's also getting beat up and, you know, because she's not doing what he says. Armando then forced Brittany and John into John's car with Brittany in the driver's seat. Then he got into the passenger seat and turned around and shot John three times. Oh, my God. Twice in the chest and once in the head, killing him. He then ordered Brittany to drive. The two of them went back to their home and packed up camping gear. They then drove to a store where Armando purchased two tarps, a shovel, lighter fluid, and cleaning products. With Brittany's debit card, by the way. Mm. Um, Armando then told Brittany to drive John's car with John in the back seat 200 miles to that remote area in Errol, and Armando followed behind in his Jeep, keeping Brittany on the phone with him the entire time. It's like he was making her talk to him on the phone the whole entire time and threatening her. And so once there, Armando continued to beat Brittany. He forced her at gunpoint to remove John's head with a saw saying that it would make him less identifiable if he didn't have his head, which Mm. like, I mean, it's 2020, but okay. Yeah, exactly. He then ordered her to bury the head, clean John's car, and get rid of the body. They then burned John's belongings in a fire pit. So Armando actually left her at the campsite two separate times while she was doing all of this, like while she was trying to get away. No. One of the times he took John's phone back to Keene, where John lived, I guess, so that it would ping there. And then another time he left to purchase, like, additional supplies. Okay. So, Brittany was arrested, and police started searching for Armando. His mom told police that he had taken his nine-year-old daughter camping. Why camping? Going on Yeah, no kidding. Alleged camping. Right. His Jeep was discovered abandoned in a parking lot. It was covered in mud and had traces of blood in it. That was John's, by the way. Eventually, Armando was found and was pulled over, driving with his daughter in his stepfather's car. Hmm. 
Armando was covered in scratches, and although his clothes were clean, he had John's blood still on his body. Mm -hmm. Inside the car, police found a shovel, a tarp, bags of dirt, and quick-drying cement. Oh. Armando was also arrested and taken into custody, although he did admit to physically assaulting Brittany over the years and that weekend. He denied having anything to do with John's murder and said it was all Brittany. Hmm. Yeah, I don't think I believe that. Both of them were held without bail. A memorial service was held for John on the track of his old high school. So it had to be outdoors because of COVID. Mm-hmm. Yep. Which is, mm-hmm. I mean, like, who 2020. I know. You're PTSD. Come on. Literally PTSD <laughs> thinking about all of that. So, but they were able to have a memorial for him on a track, which is awesome because that was like what he did in high school. And his friends and family also did a hike on October 4th of 2020 called John's Memorial Hike. There's a whole website dedicated to it and the pictures are beautiful. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Okay. Brittany pleaded guilty in October of 2020. So right away to three counts of falsifying evidence. So obviously this was a plea deal. So she got lesser charges. Right. She was sentenced to three and a half to seven years, and she agreed to testify against Armando. She was expected to pay restitution to John's family for his funeral costs and for any therapy that they needed, and she had to undergo mental health treatment. So that was all part of her. She was released in April of 2020 after, I'm sorry, 2022, after serving 18 months. Okay. So she is out. Mm -hmm. On parole. Armando went on trial in May of 2022, and Brittany did testify against him. Police had a slew of evidence against this man. I mean, they had her testimony. They had the testimony from all the coworkers that he was super abusive. They had the text messages. They had CCTV footage of him buying supplies. They had his cell phone pings, blood evidence that was found on him and in his car. So the jury deliberated for less than two hours and found him guilty of first-degree murder, guilty of assault against Brittany, and 11 other charges Oh, wow! as a result, which I could name, but it would take right. a long time. And He was sentenced to life in prison without the possibility of parole for John's murder and an additional 45 to 135 years for assaults and the other charges. He is only 35 years old. And in a New Hampshire prison. Wow. So John's family was happy with Armando's sentencing, Mm -hmm. but they were disappointed by Brittany's. So this is where I'm interested to hear y'all's thoughts. Okay. They were not convinced that she was telling the whole truth and completely blaming Armando. They still blame her for being the catalyst to this entire thing. Like, if you hadn't stepped outside your marriage and brought our son into it, yeah. you know, then this never that. would have happened. And they also said that her actions after the fact were just barbaric. I mean, horrendous. So it's an interesting situation because on one hand, Brittany is a victim of Armando's. Mm-hmm. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, if he was hundred percent, and other people were saying that he was. Well, she was people... beat up, right? Exactly. I mean, yeah, she didn't do that to herself, right? Exactly. Mm-hmm. Okay, but at what point do we stop letting her off the hook? Because she had a car, she had a cell phone, 
and she was left alone for long periods of time. Yeah. This drive was four hours. Mm -hmm. So if he's driving eight hours there and back two different times over the course of a couple days, she was basically there all alone almost the entire time. And she never did the right thing. She never called anybody. She never came forward. She called and quit work. Yeah. See, I mean, at that point, you're on the phone with somebody. Mm -hmm. Say, help me. At that point, like, if you're afraid to call 911 yourself, you don't want it, like, your husband to see that on your phone or something, like, tell them or some, and say, hey, can you call 911? This is where I'm at. Tell them to ping my phone. Right. But she was an abused woman. And we know a lot about battered spouse syndrome and how it is paralyzing Mm -hmm. and brainwashing in a way. So, I mean, it's a valid defense. It's a valid reason why she didn't do the right thing. She was terrified literally for her life. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Also, the other thing too is she did not have a criminal past. She had no history of violence. It was very clear she did not want this man to die. Mm -hmm. Like, she is not responsible for his murder at all. Mm -hmm. And she fully cooperated with police. Mm -hmm. Like, told him where everything was, told him, you know, all of it. So, But, like, how how culpable is she, though, you know? No, I I know. This is a tough situation because the whole time I'm thinking battered spouse syndrome, like, Mm -hmm. as you're talking. Like, and... I mean, what if she was just literally in shock and just sitting there? I mean, I know she called her work, but that could have just been like, I don't know. Well, she says he told her to do that. Like, your work's going to be looking for you. You need to call and quit. And did she do that in front of him? I don't know. Okay. I don't know the answer to that. Right. But like, after the all of the things that happened and she's just, I mean, I can't imagine if I witnessed and was like forced to be a part of all of that, Mm -hmm. how I would be if I was left alone, you Mm -hmm. know, like, would I, would I be like, Oh my gosh, I need to call 911. I'd like to think so. Or would I just be like a zombie kind of like, what the heck Mm -hmm. just happened Mm -hmm. kind of thing. I don't know. know. And also agree that whole entire day was trauma on trauma. Like, Mm -hmm. for sure, you would be in shock. I think anybody witnessing a murder would be in shock. But she also has – this has been, like, systematic abuse. So it's, like, for years she's been abused and afraid for her life and conditioned to, like, appease Mm -hmm. her husband and just do what he says to survive. It's tough. I mean, it's just so tough to – like, and and people really have strong opinions either way Mm -hmm. on this. So – you know, I mean, I think that her family also feels for her and the abuse that she sustained. But at the same time, I think they're like, okay, but your actions after the fact, no matter what, should have gotten you more time. Like mm-hmm. you, sh- that was lenient. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 More time probably for sure. But then the court was seeing it like, well, she's just 100% a victim. Mm-hmm. Did she get the mental help she needed? In- I would. In jail? Oh, I don't know about while in jail. She's ordered. Have- she was ordered after. That's like a part of her parole and a part of her um, – the plea agreement was that she had to have mental health treatment. Mm-hmm. So, right. And the restitution thing, which I think is super fair. Mm-hmm. Yeah, agree. Gosh. It's a really sad, weird case. And it is. Wanda. 
She was not kidding. She sent this to me and she was like, this is crazy. You're not going to believe this, but it was, it's on, it was on my list. Stop. Yeah. I literally, as you were talking, went in and put a check mark next to it because I was like, well, that one's done. <laughs> so you knew this entire case this whole time? Most of it. Yes. Wow. Yeah. And it was like one that I had put, like literally, remember I was telling you about the list that I have, like it was literally the number seven on my list of that from when crazy. we started the pod. I was like, oh, that one would be an interesting one to do at some point. But we huh. haven't gotten to the stuff that I put on the list. <laughs> well, so most of it, I mean, all the, his trial didn't happen until last year or so. Right. Well, and that was part of it. Like when mm -hmm. I found it was when we first started, which was what, 2020? Mm -hmm. So I was like, well, we have to wait for this to play out too. Right. But I've never even gone back. Okay. So well, I didn't know all the stuff that happened since. So. You and Wanda are on the same train. Well, and a lot of this information too came out during trial. Right. Like, because yeah. uh, they were not releasing her testimony and like right. her confession of what she said actually happened and mm -hmm. the details of it. So we didn't know like about the wrist being slit and you know like the details and that he left and came back and mm -hmm. right yeah but I I watched her testimony and mm -hmm. she was remorseful mm -hmm. is remorseful I can say she I know people can fake crowd but like she's horrified mm -hmm. that this I ever happened it. and you know I mean I believe it I believe it. I believe she, I mean, she was never violent in the past and all like this thing happened to her. Like, I mean, I can't imagine that she <laughs> wouldn't be remorseful. Oh, the other thing that I think is interesting too is I wonder, don't come at me people, but I wonder how much his parents were aware because- Oh, because they were right in the duplex. Right. I think they knew she was being abused. Mm -hmm. I don't, I mean- hello, you could look at her and see that. But like that night, they had to have known something was going on. They brought the kids over there. Probably the kids said something like, and then they said they were going camping and then he was found in stepdad's car. Right. So did he steal the car? Did they give him the car? Why did they give him the car? Yeah. Hmm. They're no, they've never been implicated. I'm just, just right. Just, it's just yeah. me over here. Definitely some thoughts. Rabbit holing. <laughs> Mm -hmm. Yeah. But I think they probably knew about the abuse. Mm -hmm. I The murder, I did not know. And then she doesn't come home for days. It's like, yeah, that's weird. And he does. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, if I were them, if I were, if it was me, I'd be like, oh, what did you do to her? Like, why is Right. It? She's always here. You never let her out of her, your sight. Exactly. So where is she? Mm -hmm. Mm hmm. Right. Wow. Interesting. Mm -hmm. Wow. It's an interesting case. It is. Definitely will be interested to hear what other people have their thoughts on that are. And I mean, it's obviously hard to put yourself in the shoes of anybody in that situation, whether it's his for family sure. that wants more justice for him or her and mm -hmm. all that, you know, um, gosh. Wow. And I will, I'm going to send you the picture of her because when I say she is beat up, like, I'm not kidding. She looks like somebody ran over her. Mm -hmm. Like, he brutalized her, for sure. Which is sad, because I feel like that's probably what he did to John, too. Mm -hmm. Which is just awful, because, like, John did nothing. He was awesome! Right. Gosh. Well, 
Thanks for diving in and thanks, Wanda, for sending it our way. Yeah. Yeah. Let us Hit know. Me up, girl. Clearly we have good same taste in cases. <laughs> you do. <laughs> yes, you do. Oh, and by the way, this is totally like side note from earlier. It's actually Taylor Egg Products and they like provide I th- I've thought of this after the fact that you said chickens. It didn't like hit me. They don't have chickens. They just like produce egg products. Oh my gosh. And like that sell is to like bakeries. Totally different. Right. <laughs> I know. Which Makes is why when you said it, I was like sense. Oh, no, I don't really remember there being chickens. <laughs> okay. I remember a cow. <laughs> I actually really am glad that you clarified that because I was totally going to look – because I'm like, do they call chicken houses egg farms? <laughs> I've always called it the egg farm, but I right. feel like he has too, but it's called Taylor Egg Products. Okay. And I'm giving – I'm just – everyone, go. <laughs> so you need egg products. <laughs> Anyways, so I had to clarify that before I like, thank you. Somebody heard me and was like sitting there going, Christy, you don't even know what you're talking about. You've known this guy for 20 something years. You don't even know what it is. <laughs> Anyways, okay. got so, it. Clarify that. Um, let us know what you think, Closet Sisters. Let us yes. know, I mean, what your stance is either way. I mean, clearly we understand both sides. So it's not like you're going to say your stomach. No, that was my dog. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, your stomach has made noises. Yes. No, it was my dog. Anyways, um, let us know your thoughts on it because we clearly see both sides and understand why you would feel one way or another anyways, but just curious what everyone out there is thinking about this Mm -hmm. one. And I don't know, do we have anything else? No? Um, No, Patreon, Instagram. Yeah, all the things. I mean, I feel like we say it all the time anyways. Yeah, you know, you guys know. Come find us on all the things and just always remember the world is scary. People suck. Hide in your closet.